my name is Michael Bozzi. Welcome to the program. Glad to have you here with me today. Now, if you've been following along uh, with me on social and via email, etc., you know that I've been recording, producing and releasing a series of singles over the past few months. And um, that's why I haven't been publishing episodes here as much. But I had something come up this week that unfortunately comes up a little bit too often. And I thought it was a good excuse to produce an episode. Today, I want to talk about control of your IP. And this goes for business owners, but also for the freelancers who service them. So let's get into it. Every business produces some form of IP or intellectual property. Now, of course, this is obvious for those of us who produce podcasts like this or a website or a book or an online course or music or art of any form. That's obvious, but really every business produces IP, right? If you got a website, that's intellectual property. Uh, you send out emails, you do a press release, your social media posts, all of that is IP. And the thing is, you want to maintain control over that IP at all times. Now, this may sound obvious, right? This uh, makes logical sense, but far too often in the business world with the clients that I service, I see breaches of this, and I would like to just highlight it here so that you can avoid uh, these issues because this happens far too frequently. All right, here's what happened uh, this week that spurred me to produce this episode. I have a client who has a YouTube channel. He's got thousands of hits on a small set of videos that's that's up there, and we needed to access uh, this channel this week to upload some new content around a launch that he's doing. Okay, sounds logical, but we can't get into his account. And that's because even though we've tried every single email that he has, every single account, tried all these different methods, it turns out, long story short, that a freelancer who set up the account years ago used a, an entirely separate email, an entirely separate login, and even assigned her phone number as the number to call to validate the account. Now, any professional freelancer would not do this. If you're working like I do in service of clients, it's important that every single thing that you set up in service of this client belongs to the client. At the start of any engagement that I have with a client, we sign a, a document that is a service agreement that assigns all intellectual property to the client as it should be. No exceptions. Anything that I produce on a client's behalf belongs to the client, and that includes access to their accounts. And sometimes these situations are more egregious than just a YouTube account with a few videos. Uh, a few years ago, I had a client who did not have access to her website, could not log into the admin portion of the website. Again, had had a freelancer set this up. This freelancer did it under a master account, and we had no access, no ability to actually edit the website. The freelancer had shuttered the business, was no longer doing work, and no longer had access to this account. So that's it. That was a dead website. And now can you imagine if you have a website in a functioning business and you can't make updates to it? That, in effect, means that you do not have ownership over your assets. You don't have a key to the building, if, if you will. This is obviously not a good situation to be in as a business owner. 
And what I would recommend as a business owner is just to be mindful of this, right? So if you hire someone to set up your social media accounts, those are done so that you have possession of them. They're associated to your core email address. And you always are the one who is setting the password and have control over it so you can lock someone out if you need to. This should be standard practice. Same thing with email. When I'm working with clients, I don't like to have access to email addresses, but sometimes I do need that temporarily to set up accounts for them. And generally, the way that I handle this is I get access to the email. We know when I'm going to be in their email inbox. I try, obviously, for privacy reasons, not to look at anything in there. Do the operations that I need to do and then say to the client here, go and change the email address, uh, the email password now. And that's probably the most safe way to do it where I can have my hands on and then uh, get out and then lock me out of it, right? That's just safe uh, for working with anyone, even if I am someone that you can trust. You want full control over these accounts. Your business depends on it. All right, before I finish this episode, I have to give a word of warning, caution, or even advice to the freelancers out there who are working with clients on their IP. If what you set up doesn't result in the client having full control over their IP assets and accounts, you are being very unprofessional. Full stop. This practice, I believe it's born out of convenience, right? Let me just service the client, do all this stuff, set this up for them. Uh, it might be more convenient, might be cheaper. There's a whole host of reasons. I don't believe that you're doing this, uh, you know, out of ill will or, or trying to dupe the client. You're doing it because you're not aware of this. That's no excuse, though. This makes you look very, very unprofessional in what you do. And I get it. There's been a whole flood of new freelancers who are offering services around social and web and email and all that uh, due to COVID. I get it. So many of you are new and don't know this yet. But look, you are creating downstream problems for these clients of yours. And this is not going to look good for you in the future. You're going to have a tough time getting recommendations. You're going to have a tough time getting testimonials. You're going to have a tough time finding new business. So I would just urge you to learn up on this stuff so that you understand how to forecast problems that go beyond just the time that you're working with them. This is your client's business. This is something that they're building to last a long time. And those businesses that start to scale, for instance, run into a ton of problems downstream if you have set this up improperly. This is not good for anyone involved, you nor your client. So I'll get off my soapbox now, but if I had a nickel for every single time that I've seen this situation come up from freelancers who don't know what they're doing and who put their client's business at risk because of it, I'd have a lot of nickels. All right, I'll stop there. And you can tell that this has got me all fired up because this issue drives me nuts. I mean, it just drives me crazy to see this happen. If you're a business owner, you got two options. One, hire a professional, someone who knows what they're doing, uh, who has experience and can see into the future around these issues. The second option, yes, you can go with a cheaper freelancer. There's a flood of those on the market now due to COVID. 
And some of these are good people, well-meaning, and yes, they'll give you services for cheaper. But if you're going to hire someone who doesn't have the experience to see these type of issues in advance and help you protect your business, then you got to take on that role and you got to be mindful of them and manage them in that way. It's the only other option. And uh, that's why I produced this episode, just so you can maybe see the landmines that are out there. And uh, depending on who you hire, uh, adjust your management of them uh, to fit. Okay, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for being here with me. And thanks for suffering yet another rant of mine. Uh, Hope that you find it helpful, though. All right, we'll see you soon.